And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and how the two go so well together. Find new episodes on the web every Tuesday, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. I would say iTunes, but they're killing iTunes. It's, right, what is it now? almost dead. It's Apple Music now. Apple Music. So don't go to, well, you can go to iTunes for like a few more days, but <laughs> I can't guarantee it'll be there. Anyways. <laughs> but we'll be on Apple Music. Exactly. New episodes every Tuesday. Uh, check it out on social media, rockandvino.com, at rockandvino, like and subscribe, and then the new episodes will come right to you, and then it's super easy. Yeah, click that button, like it, subscribe it, love it. Also review it. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. We have That'd reviews on iTunes. Have you looked? No. They're all five stars, as they should be. Is that is that really It real? is true. Oh. Whoa. I need to pay more attention. I was that's scared great. to look, but yeah, so that's fun. Okay. Legit. <laughs> it's like finding your score is like an Uber passenger. You're like, <laughs> oh, man. Why am I a 4.97? <laughs> Anyways, uh, welcoming another great winemaker into the studio today. We have Jesse Inman from Lucky Rock Wine Company. Jesse, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. How do you do? <laughs> Now, your story as a winemaker begins as a bartender, is that right? Yeah, well, wine drinker, probably before <laughs> legalities set in, but, but yeah, I uh, was a wine drinker slash pourer at um, Monty's Rotisserie in Santa Rosa, mm-hmm. and then kind of made my, I was in London, Came I was trained as a bartender at like 18 years old, couldn't legally bartend here, but when I came back, had the know-how, started on the bar there, and then started drinking wines I couldn't afford, developed a palate, and then moved over to Willie's Wine Bar. That's where I met, um, we were talking about Dylan, Sheldon, and Toby. Uh-huh. Um, met Toby, she gave me a grape connection, and then I started working for my uncle, August Briggs, took a grape connection there, and then all of a sudden got, found myself knees deep in the wine business. Wow, it, cool. it seems like it happens quick. <laughs> it, it was a yeah, slippery slope into goodness. Right, exactly. Yeah. Just one... Uh, one thing after another. Now, uh, as we mentioned, uh, Lucky Rock Wine Company. So, mm-hmm. um, how did it come about, and what do you guys do? So we got into the wine business kind of, I don't want to say, maybe not haphazardly, but <laughs> maybe romantically coincidence with a family member who was in the wine business asked me to come work for him. Um, we started a brand, didn't know what the hell we were doing, but knew we wanted to get into wine and um, started a brand called Rome Lily. Made some moves in the wine business to make a little bit of scratch to fund that project. And then um, after oh, four or five years started, so Rome Lily was you know, anywhere from 35 to 50 bucks a bottle. Uh, but our whole thing was we grew up relatively um, modestly, is to, well, maybe an overstatement or understatement. <laughs> um, and so we took the funds from that, started Romilly, and then made a little bit of scratch doing this and that. Started another brand called Pinot Patch, because our real passion was making good wine that people could afford at any given day with any given budget. Um, and got into this brand called Pinot Patch. And so with Pinot Patch, we just, the winemaking just couldn't really it scratch the itch that we wanted in the wine business, so we were, couldn't accomplish both. So we started a brand called Lucky Rock Wine Company. And that's kind of hits both chords uh, to use a musical. <laughs> hey, but, yeah. bonus points yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then so it's it's our whole shtick is wines made with intention, not pretension. Nice. So we, we make the wines as uh, best as we know how, and at a price point that we've kind of learned over the last fourteen years. 
And what is the price point of the Lucky, the Lucky Rock? We wines? we are we'll never produce a bottle over twenty five bucks. Really, yeah, that's this, fantastic. The, the Pinot hovers between twenty twenty two ish retail. We that's what we shoot for. Sometimes more, sometimes less. And then we have a Sauvignon Blanc that's at seventeen ish right now. Nice. And mm-hmm. so you only primarily focus on Pinots and Sauvignons. Currently, with Lucky um, Rock, we've like I make wine for August Briggs also, and that is. It's a small brand, luckily, because we make 14, 15, 16 wines every year, okay. nine, 10 different varieties. So it's kind of daunting to be able to, to have to or get to or whatever, how you want to look at it, make that many different wines. Um, and so focus is really the, the main objective when it comes to varieties, when it uh, comes to Lucky Rock. I mean, uh, primarily Pinots are you doing? Pinots, it's our workhorse. And then Sauvignon Blanc, we added this this uh, last year because we wanted a white wine, first of all. Um, love Sauvignon Blanc. And I, frankly, had never made one before, which is rare because I've made so many varieties. Um, so it was a learning experience. But, man, what came out the other end was terrific. Now, do you, you were telling us a little bit about um, where you do the winemaking. Would that be considered custom crush? Is that Or is that yeah, something different? I, custom crush kind of has a... It's a dirty word to have a lot of people. <laughs> oh. But I'm not a multi-million heir, and mm-hmm. so it's more of a means to an end. Mm. Uh, it's also it's a blessing and a curse because it allows people like me who love wine to make wine, mm-hmm. but it also allows people that don't know anything about the wine business to bring a small fortune into the wine business and say, hey, I like wine. Let's make some wine. I hire mm. some schmuck like myself to make their wine for them. <laughs> they find some grape source, and then... And there's the barrier to entry is really small, and so there's so that's helping to saturate the wine business, which is makes my life tough because we're in it to win it. This is what we're we all we know how to do, and there's a lot of people that are just kind of you know side gigging it, mm-hmm. and it, they take up a potential spot on the shelf. So okay. it just makes us kind of shuck and jive as to the tactics we have to do to sell wine. Used to be kind of get away with being lazy because people wanted your wine. Now it's more like whose leg do you have to hump to sell a bottle of wine? <laughs> I've humped a lot of legs. <laughs> Literally. No, just kidding. Maybe, maybe I'm kidding. And with, um, so um, Pinot Noir, it seems to be like your grape of choice. What makes you love Pinot so much? Well, I think I just, it was originally, that original grape connection was Pinot Noir. Okay. It's, we're in the heart of Pinot Noir country. Yeah. And so it was kind of just, made sense and it, and it took a while to learn all these other varieties i mean we make with august bricks we make charbono mm. pinot meunier pinot blanc z- uh, three zinfandels four pinot noirs uh, petit verdot malbec oh wow cabernet you know, petit Syrah some years now so it's I'm, i love all wines um but pinot noir is i think my strong point mm-hmm. uh for years i made cab for years and i finally just dialed in what I think is my best cabs in the last maybe three or four years. Okay, and what label is that with? August Briggs. August Briggs, mm-hmm. okay. I've made a cab for a couple of their small brands, private label things and this and that, but those are a little bit more artisanal, you might say. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting quote from you that I kind of like, that you said you'd rather see wine marketed like a craft beer yeah. than a wine. Uh, or what? Uh, what's kind of your thinking behind that? Um, it, it just goes back to blue collar. You know, we're, I'm a blue collar guy, and so when it comes to blue collar, beer is associated. Mm-hmm. Um, white tablecloths are 
fun, but I don't always know where to put my fork when I'm eating <laughs> at the table. And so the, I just want a brand that represents, my brother and I, it's very important to us. Our, whole, our motto is wine's made with intention, not pretension. We wanted to kind of get the higher, you know, the, uh, the aristocratical winemaking, <laughs> not the, necessarily the winemaking, because I appreciate the winemaking, but the mentality that comes with it, um, that the holier than thou, because I have a bigger pocketbook. Mm-hmm. You know, we want those people to drink our wine too, because um, they're very important to us, and I appreciate the mentality and the finer things of life. And the, um, But I think you can also accomplish that at a lower price point and be more inclusive as a wine brand than exclusive. I think there's some amount of accessibility coming back to. It. I mean, we we talk about this a lot on past episodes. You know, we you see it at music festivals now or events. Or, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it, it's more like you say in the vein of a craft beer or mm-hmm. something that you know you can just find it in all these different places and it's not out of reach for any given person. So yeah, yeah that's it's it's a good uh, and I'm all for those um, as long as they incorporate a little bit of the romance. Mm-hmm. Like we. We don't expect everybody to know what terroir means. We, we basically say, leave the terroir up to us. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll pick the vineyards, we'll pick the place that's best, and then just kind of trust us. As a beer brand, you just say, oh, this is these guys, I trust this brand. We're never going to put something in the bottle that doesn't meet our standards. And so you just rely on us to do that. And uh, we're doing blends of Pinot from different um, microclimates and mesoclimates and whatnot. Uh, and we're blending them together. To get, I wouldn't say homogeny, but mm-hmm. to get consistency. Mm-hmm. Versus some of those bigger brands, they steal the romance out. I appreciate that they want to be at every wine table, no matter your income, but also I want to sprinkle some of that romance still in there. Yeah. Well, and it's nice because this is, I mean, we are tasting some of your 2017. Yes, I could use a refill, actually. And uh, <laughs> it is quite delicious. So, I mean, knowing that this is at the price point of um in the $20 range I mean that's pretty amazing yeah so um it's and it has a screw cap and a screw cap which I love my fave we've had we've had some restaurants would be like hey you know we had some people send this bottle back because there's a screw cap they didn't think it was quality I'm like well did they try it they said (laughs) well that's why they kept the bottle because they tried it you know exactly they they originally put their nose up because people were trained that because it's a screw cap it's of lower quality Mm -hmm. and that's not necessarily true no I think that that mentality is slowly changing, but yeah. I think it's definitely making a turn for the better. Yeah, but at the same time, I wouldn't age this Pinot for 20 years, realistically. Right. You know? The screw cap isn't built for it, mm-hmm. um, although a lot of corks aren't built for 20 years either, but mm-hmm. there, there's, you know, science meets wine. Now, your label for Lucky Rock is super cool. It's a snake, a pickaxe. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. Yeah, so the snake is found in both, well, Lucky Rock Wine Company is based on Lucky Rock Mining Company. My dad was a gold miner, my mom and dad, they were, and people always say, did you guys strike it rich? I was like, no, I wouldn't have lived in a fucking bus if we struck it rich. <laughs> right? um, but no, we lived in a bus till we were about five years old, hopping from mining claim to mining claim, mining for gold, mm-hmm. and so snakes are found both in the vineyard and in the mining claims. Um, and they have all this, if you look at our website, it's got, you know, the snake means this, the blue means that, the, the paisley that's on the label means that. Mm-hmm. And so um, the pickaxe represents mining, hard work, this, you know, the sweat equity that has gone into our brand, but also our heritage as a mining family. Um, the paisley, you know, that represents kind of the blue, to- blue collar mentality that comes with the brand, et cetera, et cetera. And it just looks badass too. It was designed <laughs> it really by, does. It was designed by a tattoo artist that we've been getting tattooed from since we were 18 years old, and so 
he took he just did a really simple kind of flash tattoo we gave it to actually um a made by vertical is a local design firm and he found this guy out in tennessee Derek castle who does a bang up job he did some stuff for like miller light he's done oh, some wow. stuff for harley davidson whatever awesome. and so he took it and we were like you know we saw our first couple of drawings and it wasn't fair to him because the you know you have to do the renditions and i was like you know it's got to be really it's got to be really crisp and really it can be real cheesy real fast if you're doing tattoo art and snakes <laughs> and and so he's like i don't do cheesy and we're like cool all right go get him tiger <laughs> So he came back with this thing, and we were like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so then between the tattoo artist, the designer, the, or the illustrator, and then the designer, we got this thing, and we love it. We just got double gold in a couple um, fairs, and uh, we just put it in the uh, Wines and Vines competition. We, I expect to get a, at least a gold in there. Awesome. Because it's, it's pretty rad. It is quite delicious. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Now, along the way, you also did uh, some work for Jeff Gordon Sellers. Now, would that be the Jeff Gordon? Uh, the so, man, the myth, the legend, yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, is that a recent? Did, did he recently get into the wine business, or how did well, that come about? He's he's like, uh, you know, he had a little extra scratch, and he loved wine, so he hired a schmuck like me to make his wine. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you know, the wine business is tough, and you have to re- really be dedicated in selling the wine, mm-hmm. and you have to beat the streets a lot, and he's busy. Mm-hmm. So I think he shut his brand down recently, but I wouldn't consider it a failure. It was more of, of a success. It's just a matter of I don't think he had the steam. He had the passion for wine, just not the steam to go there. And uh, so I was making. Uh, I inherited that wine project in 2010 or 11, and then was making his wine up until I think 2017 mm. was his last vintage. So he had a good run, for sure. Oh, definitely. So it's kind of success that ran its course. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Now, when you make a wine like that, do you have to like present it to him, and he, you know, <laughs> gives it the stamp of approval? I mean, in theory, yeah. But it got to the point where they just trusted what we mm, that's do, and then the market kind of tells you what's doing well. You know, oh, the Chardonnays, you know, winning awards and um, and selling out, and so then you know they kind of they were a little bit more reactive than proactive. Mm-hmm. You know, they would make wines that did well versus trying to find the wine that would do well and that's everybody has that issue we we've done it for years and we that's why we're crafting a wine that we know people want in the way people want it but also uh, that meets our passions and our criteria for being because i'm not going to do this if i have to bullshit people we can't it's wines it's too hard to sell wine if you don't like it it's yeah. hard enough to sell wine if you do like it let alone <laughs> if you don't like it so now, in terms of tasting room, is that in Santa Rosa, in the in the same area, or how, how does that work? My brother and I have said, and I might renege on this later, but <laughs> uh, if we do a traditional tasting room, we've done it wrong, and that's because we don't want to be a traditional brand. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't want to be status quo. We, I mean, I don't know if I have to do some legalities because there's tight house rules and what you can do with wine and what you can't. But uh, I'd rather I'd rather see us open a bar. And have whiskey served and beer served and Lucky Rock's part of the repertoire. For example, we're going to be doing some filming here soon. And the, in the video, you know how you see, I'll leave name, like brands unnamed, but, you know, everybody's wearing aristocratical clothing at a lovely <laughs> picnic table and they're all drinking the same wine. Like, I've never been to a party where everybody's just drinking wine, especially the same wine. And so we want, you know, in the video, we want to show people drinking cocktails. We want people 
drinking wine out of a tumbler and drinking cocktails out of a wine glass or whatever because uh, I, I guess I coined this kind of phrase the other day. There's no way to there's no no wrong way to drink Lucky Rock. Nice. You know, throw That's some awesome. fucking ice cubes in there. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. As long as you enjoy it. You know. I think I read that on your blog. You put two ice cubes in your Sauv Blanc. For every degree over 95 uh-huh. degrees, I allowed Can that be a t-shirt? Yeah. Can yeah. You get the designer to do that logo, yeah, Only too. if you put rhinestones on it. <laughs> Excellent. Now, it, I like the idea. It's, it's a tasting room in a way, but sort of celebrating all, yeah. you know, like a you say, one likes different things. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, would you ever get into making any spirits or beer or anything of I that nature? I would love to, but that's what, so we originally had Pinot Patch and Roma Lily along with Lucky Rock. started Lucky Rock in 2013. Mm-hmm. And we shut those other two brands down because Roma Lily didn't meet the price criteria that we wanted to be at. Mm. Not to mention, we'd, if we really wanted to do it the way we should have done it, we'd probably have to put a half a million dollars into it. And I just wasn't willing to put that kind of money considering I wasn't passionate about it. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to go get funding. I don't know that many rich people. So, <laughs> and then Pinot Patch, like I said, couldn't get the proverbial rocks off when it came to winemaking. And so we decided to shut those two brands down and focus on this one, put of our time, energy, money, et cetera. I mean, it, it's a lot of time, energy, and a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, my brother's sales in a big way, and we're doing some serious work on sales. We were kind of trying to rethink the way wine is sold mm. in, in the direct to consumer and the direct or the business to business, the B2B market. Um, so anyway. So no tasting room. So where, besides your website, luckyrockwineco.com, where can they find your wines? Uh, you'll see it out, out and about. On our website, there's a, I think, a find us or a where to find us um, tab. And so you just click in your website and it'll say if there's a wine bar, a wine store, a supermarket, whatever. We're not really big enough to be in Safeway and things like that. Mm-hmm. Although maybe someday we will be, but that would be a success. Mm-hmm. So you can just find us. Uh, we just we keg some wine too. We were originally going to do cans. Oh yeah. And that market got so saturated so fast it kind of yeah. scared yeah. us away. We're like, oh, so glad we didn't get into that thing because it's a shit storm right now. <laughs> wow. Um, but it would have been fun because we wanted to be alternative. Hence the screw cap. And yes. so we kegged some wine recently, and that's that. That's a weird world. Is it? Yeah, we're waiting for the dust to settle, you know. Um, Logistics are, you know, how do you get your kegs back? Yeah. And they get checked out and, you know, beep, 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 do you get your barcode? So anyway, it's kind of a a wild west still. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're happy to be a part of it for now. Hopefully the logistics all pan out. This is all a big experiment. Okay. That's going to hopefully not bankrupt me. (laughs) You can get your growlers of Lucky Rock filled. Sure. There you go. Why not? I love growlers of wine. (laughs) I got some Italian in there somewhere. (laughs) Fill it up. Now, um, there's no wine club, correct? Which I assume would go along with the traditional model. We're doing, and this is somewhat traditional model, but it's the best thing we can offer without offering a wine club is pre sales. So we give you a discount if you buy ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Um, We we send out uh, literature, not even literature, just everything's digital through social media, through our. Emails. We just let people know, hey, if you want to buy some wine, it's going to be released. The, you know, the Sauvignon Blanc's a um, kind of, it's not secondary on purpose, but Pinot is just a heavier hitter, for especially for people that have been following us. So it's a much smaller production. So if you do a pre-sale on Sauvignon Blanc, you know, the, we only made 500 cases of it, which is pretty small considering the price point. 
And so, you know, the Pinot is still small. I think we made uh, the 17 we made, you know, just over 1,000 cases. With the 18 we made, uh, we bottled 2,000 cases. Nice. And so um, the 4th of July is coming up. Correct. And I love your um, artwork on your bottle of wine Yeah, here. I just put that up right before I came. <laughs> uh, who, who was that? Because I'm also the marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is the master of that artwork? That is me. That's amazing. Yeah, the... Uh, Ginger Poodle was, I had to brush her out <laughs> yeah. of the picture every uh-huh. five seconds because she kept, what the hell is this bottle <laughs> <I'm> over <sure>. here? <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. And so um, with the holiday coming up, um, and obviously it's it's kind of a, a good excuse to drink some wine, what are you guys going to be celebrating, or how are you guys going to be celebrating the holiday with as many the as many places where I can uh, get an Uber to as possible. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we um, we do a lot of wine and music on this show. What um, you mentioned a little bit beforehand that uh, you're a big music fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what are you what are you into? You know what are you listening to when you're? Uh, I love all to- music. Like I grew up. My my mom, my brother, I think was a three weeks late if I remember correctly. And my mom turned up Leonard Skinnerd all the way and like literally danced him out. Oh my <laughs> like goodness! She, could, she couldn't get this baby out, and she turned up Leonard Skinnerd. I think she remembers Simple Man was the because she put it on his uh, high school graduation mm. invitations as the lyrics. And so she she just said, "I got my ass up. And I just danced until my water broke." And so I guess music's in the soul, right? And, um, and so my dad played guitar when I was a kid. I picked it up in seventh grade. My high school. Uh, what was it like my senior project was writing and recording a song mm. and so just love it going been, been going down and I've used to hate like like electronic music and then went to the right music festival and took the right substance and I was like oh I get it now <laughs> and then, it all makes yeah, sense oh I get it looking off in the crowd sucking my thumb I don't know and then <laughs> I've said too much <laughs> hello burning man <laughs> yeah that was one of them um but yeah, it's, I mean, I used, I'm less angry than I used to be as a kid. I was never that angry. I was always pretty calm, but like, you know, the darkness is in there. Mm-hmm. And so we used, like, Deftones was my big mm. one. I, I can't listen to Deftones as much as I used to because I've started getting that old anger back a little bit. But, <laughs> um, like Tool's got a new album coming out. Yeah. I stoked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it took them, what, 12 years or something? To it's, come? Yeah. It was ridiculous. Well, but. yeah. Well, I mean, I hear it's coming. Mm-hmm. They're like up in their like social media game, which means that it, it is. Yeah. I saw. I, I think they've have they recorded some. I think I saw some released. Some released like yeah, little like teasers. Yeah, little live things. I don't know, but we're no? seeing them in October. October, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aftershock. Aftershock. Yeah. Cool. My buddy's mm-hmm. trying to get me to go. We'll see. You should go. <laughs> uh, when, what's the date on it? Yeah. October twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth. It's three uh, days. That this might year. work as long as Cabernet comes off the vine early. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was on a road show over in Texas with the. I think she was the assistant winemaker for uh, Caduceus winemaker. Yeah. Uh, is uh, for Maynard. Maynard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're trying to get them on the show. You walk on the bus and you're like, I wonder who the assistant winemaker for... T- oh, there she is. That's <laughs> it. She's just tall, wearing all black, really pretty. It's like, uh-huh. oh, like, oh, like, you know, if I was if I was the winemaker for Tool, that's who I'd pick for my assistant winemaker. She just <laughs> looks like a rock and roll star, you know? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It, it, my favorite thing about, you know, Maynard making wine is how he keeps them... The two worlds completely, completely separate. separate. Yeah. Like they could not be farther from each other. So have a pretty sweet fan base, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he did a, a radio call in one time, and 
I think he called early or Here? something like that. Yeah, and cool. he goes, uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just sound checking with my band right now." Like he sounded like he could have been playing like down the street yeah. at the bar or something. Like it was so you get a, <laughs> understated. You get a fangirl, you're like. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, it, it was very odd, but super interesting guy. Yeah, yeah, and I watched, the, I think, Blood Into Wine is the movie. That, yeah, I believe it is, yeah, Blood that, Into I mean, Wine. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, that is the, a great movie. If that mm-hmm. movie is true to like what uh, how they presented it, that guy is passionate. And you can tell he's passionate about his music, because yeah. he's got how many fucking bands now, but, um, I mean, I really appreciate his drive, I mean, to say, hey, we're going to make, we're going to grow grapes and make wine in a place where people don't really do that. Mm-hmm. And the wine's really good, too. Yeah, Have you ever I tried had the it? wines, and I was like expecting to be like, meh. But not only was I not meh, but I was like, damn, these are really nice. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you thought of, with uh, Lucky Rock, ever you know, bringing in a musical aspect of sure, the come on in. events? This or? is an open invitation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, uh, there's this Santa Rosa, the um, Railroad Music Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hit up the guy that is in charge, Josh, yeah. of that. And he was like, hey, I don't know how we can... Uh, Collaborate, but even if it's just us helping sponsor or whatever, but you know, we're open to it. Would love to, yes. And he's working on um, the oh my gosh, what's it called? That little venue, the music venue that he's the Lost Church, the Lost Church. Oh. So in downtown Santa Rosa, cool. And it's gonna be a, a music venue slash entertainment. You, you can do really anything there. Um, but they're anything? gonna have a bar there. <laughs> anything. <laughs> the doors are closed. Good. Nobody knows. I, I love. I, any any musical breath that can be breathed into the local community or any community for that matter yeah. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we definitely need that in Santa Rosa. Yeah, and that's one of one of the I guess pillars of our our brand is like street art, music, travel. It's just all of these things. We want to it's, again. It's inclusive, not mm-hmm. exclusive. Like the more the merrier. We, we uh, went to a tattoo festival. A tattoo convention down in Fresno recently. Mm. And people are like, hey, what the hell are you guys doing here? We're like, we're well, just pouring wine. Like, oh, cool label. And it's like, oh, yeah, that guy over there designed it. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. And then the Hells Angels came over, like, hey, <laughs> can we try some of that? I was like, uh, sure, anything you would like, sir. Uh, of course. <laughs> and here's a nice big yeah. pour. And then, uh, you know, poured him a couple. He's like, ooh, this is really nice. It's got some booze in it. it gets you fucked up, huh? I was like, yeah, <laughs> just absolutely. I was like, so, so I. We, I guess we're cool to Hell's Angels now. You've got to get on their good side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're at Aftershock every year, too. Are they? Usually, yeah. Yeah, that was funny because, you know, they definitely throw a vibe out, but you talk to them, they're pretty cool guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they are not harmless, but when you talk to them, they seem harmless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're pouring wine at the Tattoo Festival? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And New markets. Kind of unheard of. It was like us, uh, it was like three floating bars where Modelo was mm-hmm. poured and then, you know, a fine Pinot Noir as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. That's a good market, though, to get in, though. Because, yeah. I mean, people who get tattoos like wine. Yeah, well, we're just trying to resonate with people. You mm-hmm. know, and it's uh, people people that get tattoos. I mean, I'm covered in tattoos, and I drink wine. Mm-hmm. People just love having a connection. Like, hey, I drink wine, but I have so now I have a story with this brand that was at a tattoo convention, and they're just regular people, and I'm regular people getting totally. tattoos. and taking away the pretentiousness exactly. out of it which is great exactly and yeah. I think at first kind of people were like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> and then they're like oh cool and then some people will just sit and rap with us for 40 minutes awesome you know? mm-hmm. yeah I think having it even in that environment too I mean people who aren't maybe super into it you know they feel more comfortable you know 
you know, asking questions or trying it, or don't feel like they're <laughs> being judged by wine people around them. Right. So it and just makes um, it easy. I think this is my one of my brother's uh, brain children is it's uh, growing the wine drinking population, not just not just supplying wine to the people that want to drink wine, but showing people that you know what it's not a, this pretentious thing that you have to know much about. Mm-hmm. It's come on in, have a glass if you like it, drink some more. If not, then we'll go have a beer. Yeah, and I think that's with wine, it's like, I don't know, like people, exactly, it's exactly what you said. If you like it, drink it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, drink something else. Yeah. Find something else. You know, and it's, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they said, you know, Two Buck Chuck, they did some great things for wine because they got a lot of people drinking wine that wouldn't normally because mm-hmm. of the price point. Mm-hmm. And then like, ooh, this is, you know, this wine's good. This one's not so good. Why do I like this one versus that one? And then they maybe move up a couple bucks and like, ooh, okay, I see. And then they move up maybe too many bucks and they're like, ooh, this is really nice. Okay, uh-huh. but I can't afford it. Rain it back. Uh huh. So when they like it too much and they want to rain it back just a little bit, that's where we, we fit in, I guess. Perfect. Yeah. So for people that want to find the wines, go to the website's your first place to go? Website, give us a call, carrier pigeon, smoke signal, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get it to you. And uh, most of the retail, is it centered around Northern California or all over? Well, we, uh, we're, we just got picked up by um, an importer from Canada. We're in Denmark. Hey, hey. But mostly... That's amazing. When it comes to um, off-sale and on-sale, which is you know restaurants and wine shops, uh, California. But we're, we're seeking out new markets, but we want to make sure we got our poop in a group when it comes to, <laughs> we, well, with Pinot Patch, it was a, the price point. People wanted it. So we went to like 15, 20 different markets or whatever it was, and we just didn't have the infrastructure to be able to handle it correctly and make sure that people are selling our wine properly and relaying the brand vibe properly. So we're making sure, right now we started, we didn't really start to grow the brand until 2017. And now that we're growing it, we're growing it in California. And then it's starting to, we're now we're opening up two more markets this year and then hopefully two more markets the next year and then kind of doing it more strategically you might say nice now i like to ask what your favorite pairing would be of like on a good day mm-hmm. of wine food and music wine food and music like what would be your jam <laughs> hmm. that's a good one let's see let's do Zinfandel, chocolate, and what would be the band that would go in there? <laughs> Deftones. I, I, I was really now. hoping you were going to say Deftones. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was, I was, I was naturally going white pony. I was like dark chocolate. You got to go with a little bit more of a dark edge, right? So mm-hmm. Deftones, but you can't do milk chocolate with Deftones. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got to go with the dark. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little minty. I don't know. <laughs> Especially since white, like uh, like white pony, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's when they started softening it up a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And um, and again, if you want to find these amazing wines, luckyrockwineco.com. No stores? Um, yep. Plug it if you're in California. Plug in your zip code into the website under the Find Us category, and then. Um, but we can ship them quite a few states now. Awesome. So pretty easy, easy. And then uh, follow us on Instagram. The Instagram we're mm. we're trying to kind of re, like re, redo how people interact with wine. And the Instagram, it's all, again most of the pictures are taken by me. It's just me screwing around with the camera. I have an artistic background, but it's supposed to be and read the like read the. The notations and things on there because I think I'm funny. I'm not as funny as I think I am, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just really trying. 
So awesome. at least pretend to laugh at them. I do. You do have a good Instagram. I do thoroughly enjoy it. Thanks. So good job. You're doing good. <laughs> All right. So thanks so much. And again, um, like and subscribe. Rock and Vino. R-O-C-K-N-V-I-N-O dot com. And we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>